I'm Whitney. I'm Danielle. And we are the founders of Sakara Life, on a mission to nourish your body and transform your life. Sakara is a Sanskrit word that describes the action of turning your thoughts into things and manifesting your reality. We believe that who we surround ourselves with, what we watch, what we listen to, what we eat, the information that we take in, impacts the way we think and therefore who we are. The conversations that follow are with bold thinkers who have had an impact on how we view the world, ourselves, and what it means to live the Saqqara life. The intention of these conversations is to push each of us to greater heights so that we can turn our thoughts into things and all shine our light a little brighter. We are so excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome to the Sakara Life. Today on the Sakara Life podcast, we have our friend Jesse Delo. She's a manifestation coach, a certified yoga instructor, art therapist, and you may also recognize her as the co-founder of How You Glow. She leads one-on-one manifestation sessions, relationship coaching sessions, as well as group workshops focused on manifesting the life you want to live. She blends her background in therapeutic healing with research and neuroscience, inspiring people to live their most vibrant life possible and step into alignment with their soul's true calling. Jessie has a master's degree in art therapy from NYU and has always been intrigued by the power of alternative healing and is passionate about helping others. We're excited for you to listen in on our conversation today. And hopefully this will help you to step into the driver's seat of your own life and manifest some of those things that you've been wanting to call in. Well, Jesse, we're so excited to have you join us on the Sakara Life podcast today. Thanks for being here. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love you guys and it's cool just to be seeing you. Yeah, ditto. Well, we like to start off every episode with a question around mission. What do you believe is your mission and why are you here on earth? What's your work? Such a great question and one that I try to really check in with myself on regularly because I feel like oftentimes it shifts and changes due to the stage you are in life. I think my overarching mission and has been since I think I was a young kid is to help people cultivate their light inside of them. I think every project that I do, every path I take professionally, which has evolved a lot over time, the thread through it is to help people find, cultivate, and share their own authentic light. And how are you doing that these days? You said that it's changed over time. What does that look like for you nowadays? Right now, professionally, it's mostly in the form of coaching. So I do manifestation coaching. I work with individuals, couples. I do it in workshop settings. More so before COVID, it was more of like an in-person, really beautiful workshop. In addition to that, I'd say through my work with How You Glow, which is even the name of it now that I'm thinking about it, is about helping people cultivate that light and highlighting the light within other businesses and people and services, products, anything that is helping people to really shine their light or to brighten their light. That's really how we got to know each other was through How You Glow, which is amazing and a great community and platform. And now seeing you expand and really grow this other side around your coaching 
is just so beautiful and exciting. I'd love to talk more about what this word manifest means to you. I think over the time, some people love this word. Some people, it just hits them the wrong way. It really turns them off. (laughs) Totally. Or some people have no idea what you're talking about. They're like, what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's scary. Like uh, this thing that maybe they can do, maybe they can't do. What if they fail at it? Totally. What does it mean for you? To me, manifestation is bringing something into form. It's bringing something into your reality that you can perceive. And it's not out of reach for anyone. In fact, we're all manifesting every day, whether we like it or not whether you're someone who skillfully, consciously, intentionally chooses what you're manifesting, which is what I help people to do, is really craft their reality based on who they are and their truth and based on a very conscious decision to do so. But sometimes we're unconsciously manifesting our lives in ways that we find like a real struggle, like things are showing up and we don't like what's showing up or our reality does not feel aligned with how we think it should or we wish it would. And so we are all manifestors by nature. Human beings are all manifestors by nature, really powerful ones. And our thoughts, our beliefs, and just the way that we see the world shapes the way it takes form. Absolutely. Yeah, we talk about manifestation a lot here at Sakara, and I am kind of bummed that it's turned into somewhat of a bad word that it's like trendy or I don't even know what to call it because I think it is so powerful and you said it so well Jesse that we are doing it whether (laughs) we know it or not or don't want to talk about manifestation or think it sounds silly or woo-woo or wellnessy or whatever it is But I think it really speaks to this idea of how we perceive our reality. That's the lens that I use when I think about manifestation. It's helping us perceive our reality in such a way that it allows us to call in the greater good, like what's for our highest good. And then I think it also honors the fact that being a nutrition company that what I think and what I feel creates my future. So therefore, taking care of my physical self, which affects how I think and how I feel, is also creating my future reality and future self. Absolutely. And it's a lot about energy and about being able to hone your energy and to raise your vibration and recognizing that we are all energetic beings and that everything has a charge, a frequency, and that we can actually control that. And within an instant, we can shift our energy, which is so powerful. So if we're able to shift our energy instantaneously, or even if it takes us a longer time, we are able to tune into different frequencies and different realities that line up with that energetic frequency, which I think is the coolest thing. And that's why I'm so obsessed with this work, because we're learning the instrument of our makeup. We're becoming well-versed in who we are as energetic beings, whereas I think These are things that aren't really taught to us. It's something Mm -hmm. you have to be interested in or have been exposed to or come across. But what if we were taught how to really align ourselves and tune into this superpower that we all have to really cut through a lot of the effort of life that slows people down and brings up a lot of unnecessary struggle? Can you talk about what 
manifestation is not? Because I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about it. Yes. Like you said, how it's become like a little bit trendy and it's become gimmicky and it's happened pretty quickly. I think over Mm -hmm. the past couple of years, I feel like even as I started doing manifestation coaching, that was something people would be like, Mm -hmm. what's that? And now that's a thing. But I think it's not like okay, get rich in 500 days because we're going to manifest this. And you're like, this is coming in the mail. Right. Exactly. It's not some sort of wave a magic wand. It's not a fast track to picture perfect, whatever you're looking for. It's really about creating an environment internally that can support what you want to see on the outside. So it's taking what already exists, looking at it, without any sort of judgment really, but through the lens of radical honesty of what you've created in your life. And I think that's the real big first huge leap for people is taking responsibility that you are the creator of your reality and that the way that you feel about yourself and the way that you just move through the world, the way that you show up and your energy that you bring to any given interaction or situation is how it's going to show up for you. And once you can really skillfully master yourself and realign yourself in a way that feels like you are living your truth and you are living up to the caliber of person that you want to be, then that's when things start to line up for you in the outside world. And it is really cool. Things will happen that you're like, well, that's just crazy that that happened. Like the email will show up. Maybe the check will show up, but it's not just like, I'm going to write it down and here it's going to happen, or I'm going to hold a crystal and then this (laughs) thing's going to appear. (laughs) You have to like show up. Totally. It's repatterning. And the biggest hard work is realizing your part in all of it. It's very easy to blame. A lot of people that I work with initially, everything that's going on is happening to them. Mm -hmm. This pattern of all these other people or all these other situations are happening to them. And the common denominator is yourself. Yeah, it's so true. I think one of the biggest lessons I've had to unlearn is not taking things personally. I come from a family that I also think it's just a generation. I think our parents' generation... My mom had me when she was 40, so she grew up in a time where her only option was to be a secretary or a mom, or, you know, that's how she felt. Yeah. And she takes a lot of things personally and to heart, and growing up in that, I thought things were happening to me in a lot of ways, and so I had to unlearn that actually nothing is personal, even when it feels so personal, even when somebody looks me in the eye and says, you're terrible or whatever it is, that is actually not about me. That's a reflection of their inner state. And I think especially in this day and age of social media and people being able to hide behind handles and Instagram accounts and perhaps saying things that we really have to learn that A lot of people are in pain and that when that energy comes at us, there's actually an opportunity to transform what we might take personally into a gift back to the person and just recognizing that they are not in a good place if that's what they're directing towards you. And so I guess I'll just say like that taking it personally was a big part of me understanding what it meant to manifest because I think when you're wrapped up in taking things personally that mentality is very draining. And you talk about shining your light. You don't feel like you're shining your light when you're taking things personally. Well, when you're allowing other people to 
control your energy mm-hmm. where all these outside inputs are making the decisions for you, making the decisions for how you feel about yourself, how you feel out in the world, rather than being in the driver's seat of your own energy, of what's happening in your life, being responsible and holding that responsibility for yourself, for your energy, for your life. I think that is hard to do. It is easier to say, no, it's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. But saying, no, actually, this is my fault. And I had an influence in where I am right now, even if I don't like this place, yeah. is really, really hard to do. That's a lot of ego. It is. It's really difficult. And I struggle with it too. It's not like I'm some perfect human either. That's like, I don't take anything personally and I never get in an argument. That's absolutely not the case. But there's a level of consciousness of going through it and being aware, okay, even if I go through that place, I'm able to come back pretty quick. It's like this ability to bring yourself back. And the more that you practice and the more that you are committed to it, the easier it gets. It's when we sort of spiral out and we get too far away that we feel so depleted and defeated that we can't get back to who we are. So it's not like you're not going to have the reaction necessarily. It's not like you're going to not have the emotional response, but it's the reaction that's really where we can become very skillful. We talk about that a lot with food. We were just talking about that this morning, where when you don't have the tools to get yourself back to feeling really good and feeling like yourself and feeling like you're in that place of balance and peace, it's scary. Yeah, That can often be the dieter's mentality of, Mm. I just went on this trip and I put on weight and now I need to go on a diet or a juice Mm. fast or something like this because they don't know. How to regulate. Yeah, they have the tools to just return to their balance point in their regular way and knowing that, okay, when I get back to just eating the way that I normally eat because this is life and it's a lifestyle, then my body will go back to being at its balance point. You go on vacation, you eat those things, you do those things, like life happens. But if you have that regular rhythm of your practice of taking care of yourself, then your body will return to balance, just returning to your normal life. And it sounds like that's the same way with what you're talking about. Yeah, it is really interesting if you think about it, just creating that baseline and having that be the norm is so powerful. And having that regular practice of taking care of yourself and speaking kindly to yourself and also the freedom that comes with taking responsibility for yourself, even though it can be painful at times to claim that as your own doing, there's also incredible level of empowerment that goes with that because then you hold the keys to your reality. It's not in someone else's hands, as you were saying before. So it's really about taking responsibility and associating owning your life and your part in everything that's being created as a really positive thing, even if it's causing temporary growing pains in the moment and it hurts and it's hard. But knowing that that ability to claim power by taking responsibility is making you evolve where you want to go. I have a question for you. Yeah. We've had different people on the podcast and different people have different perspectives on this. But do you believe that you need to 
feel some sort of growing pain in order to get to the other side and feel good? Is there some form of discomfort in order to have growth? I think so. It doesn't have to be that you're in literal pain, but you're stretching. It's this idea that in order to have growth, it involves doing something different. It's reprogramming, repatterning, getting to a different outcome requires a different set of circumstances or a different action or output. So you might not have a hard time with it. Maybe it's not that hard for you personally to do something different, but it's still stretching yourself. It's going beyond what's habitual or what's comfortable. And I think the more uncomfortable the situation is already, the harder it is to do something different. If it's a very low investment shift that you're making, because it's not already a charged situation, it might not feel that heavy or that intense of a thing. But the real growth, like tremendous shifting and changing requires a level of shedding, Uh of releasing So that in itself, even if it's patterns that weren't serving you or that you don't like, it's like an identity shift. It's releasing parts of you that you were holding onto because you thought they served a purpose and they probably did at one point in your life. Mm. I think it's also deciding that you want the change instead of fighting it. It doesn't mean that the change is not uncomfortable just because you're inviting it. But I think it's maybe not painful. I like the word stretch that you're using. Like, can we lean into wanting that growth and asking to be challenged so that we can shine our brightest lights and become our best selves? Can we call that in when it comes? Can we welcome it? Instead of the hardest part is then not fighting it. I can think of so many times where in my life, I'm like, okay, when that shows up again, here's what I believe is for my highest good, how I can be proactive instead of reactive in a scenario. And then when it shows up, it's so hard in the moment to remember that. Yeah, you talk yourself through it with a fight with your husband, your mom, whatever it is, the person that triggers you in any given moment. You're like, I know in my mind the thing I'm supposed to do. I have a moment to choose. Which path do I take? Do I do something different to elicit a different response and a different pattern? Or do I habitually go down the other path and just do what I always do? And it's a 50-50 thing. But the more you pause, the more you're able to pause take a couple of deep breaths, maybe go for a walk, listen to a song, shift your energy to do something different. The more opportunity you give yourself to do that, the more likely you are. So it takes deep awareness. It also takes discipline. Yeah, Making a change requires discipline. I love the idea that the word discipline, even it's like being a disciple, a student, a student of yourself. Like how can I best serve myself in any given situation? And it takes like really slowing down observing and making a choice. And I think when you associate the choice that promotes growth, whatever that choice may be, even if it's the more difficult choice for you, if you associate it with pleasure rather than pain, Mm -hmm. then you're more likely to do it. For example, working out. Working out in a lot of ways, sometimes workouts feel amazing and I love a good sweat, but other times it's like, a real struggle. You're putting yourself through hoops to then have a really good feeling after. So we could either associate 
working out with, oh, it's so hard. It's so difficult. My body aches. I'm uncomfortable. Or we could associate it with the feeling that we get, the endorphins, the strength, Mm -hmm. the body that we're creating. And you're more likely to do it when you connect to that positive aspect of it and view it as a pleasurable thing. And same thing with eating. You're more likely to make the healthy choice if you can think about all the benefits that you're going to get and the ultimate pleasure of feeling good in your body and the nutrients and all those things rather than the temporary pleasure. So really being able to have discipline requires understanding the thought process of why you're doing something. Mm -hmm. And also really reminding yourself that if you want change, then things have to change. So in that place of I can viscerally feel right now. I can see my two options. Either I react the way I've always reacted to a situation and I go down the path I'm familiar with because there's something in it that feels necessary or in the moment feels good or whatever it is, or do I go the other way? And it's really hard in that moment to remember, no, wait, I want this to change. And so therefore I have to act differently. I can't just expect the person on the other end to be the change. now for a quick break. Today, we are thrilled to tell you a bit about our newest launch, the Metabolism Super Bar. As most of you know, metabolism is a very important topic for us here at Saqqara, as it plays a crucial role in our overall health of our bodies. So many factors impact our metabolism, like our nutrition, sleep, stress, hydration, and much more. We created the Metabolism Super Bar to optimize your metabolic function, stabilize blood sugar, and regulate cortisol levels, all in one delicious bar. Each bar is packed with 10 grams of plant protein, 11 grams of plant fiber, plus clinically backed ingredients to help turn up thermogenesis and kick your body into burn mode. It's personally my favorite tasting bar as well. It has a chocolate fudgy taste to it, and I can't wait for you all to try it. It's so delicious. For a limited time, we're offering our listeners $15 off their first purchase with code podcast15 at checkout. So go over and get your pack of bars now before they sell out. And now back to the episode. Right. And oftentimes our identity is tied up in that habitual response. Mm. That's part of the stretching or the growth is that shedding of who am I without holding on to that reaction? What if I let that go and were to react differently? Who am I? And that's when you're going into new territory. You're going into a new realm that you haven't been before. And so that's the uncomfortable part of it. So it might be a small thing, but it's something that you are going into uncharted territory with. And this is where I think having someone there to help you, whether it's an accountability partner, a friend, a coach, somebody helping you with that accountability. Because I think that it is easier to be like, oh, I'll do it next time. Oh, I'll do it next time. And then if you have somebody saying, okay, when this showed up, you once again chose that reaction and you recognize it. What's holding you back from acting differently? And is it fear? Is it your fear? Okay, go for it. Now's the time. No, do it now, not tomorrow. Go send that email today. Totally. Mm -hmm. I find it fascinating actually, because a lot of the people I work with, I'll have one session with them. And then the next day I like see them do the thing that they 
it's like so instantaneous. It's as if they needed permission from somebody else. Mm. It's like they needed permission and they needed someone to just hear them out, reflect back what they want and they'll do it. (laughs) I'm always so proud. I'm like, that didn't take any time at all. But it's just them voicing it, someone else hearing them, responding, validating it. And sometimes that is enough to allow someone to take a leap. Yeah, I think Danielle and I do that a lot for each other. I was just going to say that. Yeah, push each other. I think we're really familiar with where the other's boundaries are, where our egos come into play, and we can hold space for it. When I'm acting out of ego, I can see it on Wit's face. (laughs) 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 This reminder, like, shit, all right, Wit. (laughs) <laughs> but that's such an amazing thing that you guys have that in the context of a business partnership and friendship. That's why I want to have you guys also on Madly Forever. I can't wait to dive yeah. into that. But it really is through a relationship is where you can grow the most. Mm. When you're on your own, there's no one to push up against those edges. And there's yeah. no one to, as they say, polish your mirror and help you see clearly what's going on. It's very easy to live a super blissful, peaceful existence on your own when there's no one just highlighting where you might be out of alignment with yourself. And on the other side, having somebody just that reaffirming your thoughts, like you can question yourself so much. And sometimes you do need somebody to just say, no, that's good. Go do it. Right. And I think we've done that for each other a lot over the years as well. And that has helped us to move forward in life and in business. I mean, it's strengthened by having a support system and having a partner 1000%. But the idea is to really build that type of voice within yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that's Mm -hmm. another piece of the work is what is the storyline or the narrator that is playing in your mind on a daily basis? And is that someone who supports you and lifts you up and helps you and propels you forward? Or is it someone who comes in the way of you and the reality that you're trying to create? And most oftentimes the people I work with, it's the latter. It's a voice that's not kind and not supportive and super judgmental and really limiting. And so just even acknowledging that and exploring that can be life-changing. And it makes me think about just how interconnected everything is that we like to think that food is just about the shape of our body and that like every life is in these buckets. But just hearing you talk about that and talk about how our mental state plays such an important role in how we interact and co-create and manifest in the world And if there's inflammation in their body, there's inflammation in the brain, and then that impacts that narrator that we have. Absolutely. I can think of times, especially before Saqqara, when I was yo-yo dieting all the time, and that inner narrator was so mean, where now that I'm in a much healthier place, both mentally, emotionally, but also physically, and I have a healthy gut, and that inner narrator is very different now and just reminding us all where it connects because I think we can say things like mind body food medicine and all these things but they're so 50,000 feet and then when I think about what's at five feet five feet is you're constantly talking to yourself Mm -hmm. all day and what are the inputs that make that inner voice speak one way or the other and how can we make sure the inputs are helping support a positive inner voice instead of a negative one. 
such a good point. And the gut is the second brain. And so those messages that are traveling from the gut to the brain and vice versa, they are absolutely affecting the quality of your thoughts and absolutely affecting just even the hormonal shifts that are taking place that sometimes override your conscious efforts. The hormones can just take over sometimes and Mm -hmm. that's also affected by the gut. Each and every cell is affected by what you're eating. And so the harmony of your body and its ability to sort of emit this frequency that we're describing and really open up to what's accessible to all of us in every moment is also affected by what we eat. The food that we eat is our energy, literally, Mm -hmm. that's being utilized and transformed into fuel. And if we're eating really, even the way that we're eating it, the intention behind how we're eating and what we're eating for affects all of that. Yeah, I've been really trying to work on this inner voice recently because as we were talking about before we started recording, being pregnant with a toddler just being pregnant, but also with a toddler is that much more. And just these past few days have been really tough because I haven't been sleeping and my little one hasn't been sleeping with pregnancy on top of that. The level of exhaustion is it's just something that is not easy to deal with. We all know that feeling at night where <laughs> that inner narrator, that inner voice is saying, oh my God, tomorrow's going to be so hard. And mm-hmm. This is so hard and this sucks. And that's because <laughs> it really does. But <laughs> I've been really working on this inner voice of, can I change my story around what it means to be tired? Right. And it's not like I'm advocating for anyone to live a life of exhaustion. But <laughs> if there are times, of course, especially as a mother, there are going to be days where you're just exhausted. How can I make the best out of it? How can I have a different story? Because it's not serving me to be bummed or angry or bitter or anything about my level of exhaustion. I actually came across this sutra. We did Whitney's baby blessing, baby and mama blessing Mm. a few days ago, and I was trying to find something to read for it. And I came across this sutra. I don't remember exactly what it said, so I'm going to butcher it, but it was talking about exhaustion. And it's like, when you wake up exhausted, instead of leaning into what it means to be exhausted, can you just notice the feeling and recognize that it's not you and recognize and just like say, ah, and thank you for one more experience, for one more human experience, what it feels like to be in this body. That story has really stuck with me and and I've been trying to use that in these past few days, especially. I love that. It's so true. It's like what we expect is almost the more powerful part than the actual experience. And so that's what drives a lot of insomnia too. If you talk to any insomniac, the anxiety around not being able to sleep then keeps them up. It's this vicious cycle, right? And it's just this feeling of, well, this is happening. So this is what this means. And this is what I'm going to feel as a result of what I've known it to mean before. And so if you can be a blank slate to an experience and not color it by your past experience or your perception of what it's should be like or is going to be like with any experience, then you can be in the present and it's not so bad. You're not labeling this. Exhaustion doesn't have to be bad. Just like you said, it's an experience. And maybe you just take it slow that day. Maybe there's something actually an added bonus to having that level of exhaustion because maybe you get to stay in your robe a little longer, whatever it is, or you 
I don't know, have a great nap in the afternoon, hopefully. Well, actually what it did for me, it's funny you say that. And actually I was going to say that one of the important things I think about the work you're talking about is that it helps you notice that when you call for things and you ask for things, you have to notice when they come. Mm -hmm. And so even just what you said, I hadn't thought about it, but usually in the morning I have some level of measurable guilt. Like if I want to sleep a little longer and asking my husband to take over in the morning because he's with her all day while I go to work. And usually I try and help in the morning. And then when I get home at night, obviously that's like mom time. But sometimes in the morning, I'm just so tired and I have a little bit of guilt that I've totally put on myself. It's not something my husband has put on me, but I have a little guilt about asking him. But being as tired as I was this morning, I felt zero guilt. Right. <laughs> just like I, right. I have to sleep. And he was totally fine with it and let me, you know, sleep for like an extra hour, which was really helpful. Right. Noticing that I was asking for that and that I got it. Right. And I think it's just fascinating to evaluate without judgment what you automatically perceive as good or bad or perceive an experience to have to be like. Nothing has to be any certain way. Like any experience can be just the experience itself without the added baggage of what you've learned it's supposed to be. Well, one thing I'd love to cover is I know you do a lot of work with people on calling in love Mm -hmm. and relationships. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about what that work is like? Yeah. So I'm obsessed with relationships and love and secrets to everlasting passion. And that's the impetus behind why Brian and I started our podcast, Madly Forever, is to explore that and how to keep being curious about that, really, because I think that's a huge part of it is the second that you lose curiosity in that and expect it to happen on its own and that it will always be how it was. That's when things fall apart. It takes real curiosity and investment in that to keep things alive. And so I'm really interested not only in learning about it for myself, but in helping others cultivate that level of intention behind their partnership and have the love and the relationship that everyone deserves, which is just a soul level, authentic, heart expanding connection that I'm so fortunate to have in my relationship. I think a lot of the love that I feel is the driving force behind helping others do the same. What should people be doing right now if they're not in a relationship, they're in quarantine, how can they still be manifesting that love of their life during this time? I'm working with a lot of people right now under those circumstances. And it's that idea that time and space doesn't even really exist. That energy cuts through those physical limitations. First of all, we're in a day and age where we have dating apps, which I encourage everyone. I met my husband on a dating app and I encourage everyone who's single If you have a smartphone and you're interested, go on a dating app. And even if you're not going to go on dates right now, connect, get your feet wet in that energy of exploration, of curiosity. And it's a really beautiful time to work on yourself because we're all being asked to slow down, to spend more time alone. And so the best way to find that soul connection is to be connected to yourself and is to raise your vibration and feel like your best self and to at least just be embracing who you are, even if you're not yet where you want to go, but 
embracing the process and moving towards that. So the way to get to the partnership is to really love yourself. So this is a beautiful time to do that. Yeah, we've been talking lately about how we don't have the distractions of social events to go to and this and that and the other thing out there in the outside world. And what a nice time it is to use this time to invest in yourself, to relay that foundation of who you are and who you want to be and what you want to create in the future for yourself, what you want that to look like for when, I was about to say for when things go back to normal or we're out of this, but we don't know if that's going to happen. So we have to just set it up for how things are now and adapt like what you're talking about. But going in and doing a bit of that self-work that we typically don't have time to do. Yeah. And taking the time to really become your own soulmate as well, like not feeling incomplete or waiting around to be happy for finally when you can meet that person. But Figuring out, especially now when you might not be able to go on dates and you might not be able to connect in person, how do you fulfill yourself? How can you come to a partnership as a complete person? And that's when you're really in a healthy relationship. Mm. Well, I feel like this is the perfect time to ask you about light work. We love sharing light work with our Sakara lights and listeners. So I love that. And to give the listeners out there a challenge or a assignment for light work, I would say every day for the next week, try waking up and before doing anything for anybody else or opening up your phone or anything, taking a moment to place one hand on your belly, one hand on your heart and just breathe for a moment and envision yourself as the highest manifestation of you. So whatever that means to you. So envisioning your most vibrant, most magnetic, most uninhibited, most authentic, beautiful inside and out self. And just take a moment for that to program yourselves and that to be who you get out of bed as. Because like we discussed in this conversation, we have a choice. The narrative that we walk around with is always a choice. And our energy is also something that we craft and that we control. So when we program ourselves with that highest level of intention and energy of the full manifestation of who we want to be, we're going to make choices that serve that version of ourselves. So when you get out of bed, just notice how would this version of myself act? How would it greet my partner if my partner is next to me? What is my body language? And so see yourself moving through your day in your mind when you're having this visualization of how you want your energy to feel and how do you want it to radiate out of you. And that's what I would suggest you start with. Amazing. I love that. That sounds really nice and a great way to, I guess, in our minds, practice who we want to be and how we want our life to go. Yeah, it's creating a template. We're creating a template for what we want to step into that day. Mm. And like we said, if we just unconsciously are like, oh, today is cloudy, that means it's going to be a really depressing day and I'm going to feel tired all day, then you'll probably play out that version of reality. But we have a really incredible amount of control over the way that we can choose to show up. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been so inspiring. So happy to have you on the Sakara Life podcast today, Jesse. 
and excited for us to go on your podcast yes. as well and continue this conversation. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's so cool to get to be together. It's such an added bonus. So thank you. See you soon. If you have a Sakara story that you would like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at sakarastories at sakaralife.com. That's S-A-K-A-R-A-S-T-O-R-I-E-S at sakaralife.com or send us a DM at sakaralife. Don't forget to hit subscribe for the Sakara Life podcast and share this episode with anyone you think needs to hear what we talked about today. And don't forget about the light work. It might feel a little hard, a little uncomfortable, but it's supposed to. The whole idea is that we lean into what's uncomfortable so we all get to shine our lights a little brighter. And we'll see you on the other side, Sakara Lights. <laughs>